0: Hello studio teacher friends! Welcome to the sixth of our encore replays for the end of 2023. Christina Whitlock here, your host of the Beyond Measure podcast, as well as your self-proclaimed anytime piano teacher friend. Today's episode originally aired just a little more than a year ago, but I believe it's an important consideration for you as we begin to wrap up the current year. As your students prepare to leave for winter break, and as your studio families gear up for a renewed approach to life in January, I want to make sure you are aware of how your interactions are making your studio families feel. Yes, we are talking about your studio vibe today. And I contend this is the single most contributing factor to student retention rates that you have control over. So, kick back with me and enjoy our encore replay of episode 96, Cheers to Naming Your Studio Vibe! Today, I am on a mission to get you thinking about the overall vibe of your studio. Specifically, I want you to consider the feelings that you evoke as a teacher. Like, how do your students feel when they are with you and as they are leaving their lesson with you? I know that some of you are already way on top of this, but I also know a lot of studio teachers who have yet to really find their sense of identity in the teaching community. Because make no mistake here, Learning to play the piano might be the primary objective of why students come to us, but it's only part of why they stay. It's important for us to remember that consumers, also known as people like our studio families, they generally purchase things based on the way that they make them feel. That's right, friends. (laughs) There's a distinct argument to be made that people don't buy products and services. They buy feelings. Don't believe me? There's evidence all around us. Designer handbags? Maybe they make their owners feel accomplished. Shopping for a new vehicle? I mean, maybe you're gravitating towards one that makes you feel safe those overpriced beverages we swing through the drive-thru to purchase all too often? (laughs) Maybe they make us feel like we're actually doing something to treat ourselves. (laughs) They buy us a quick illusion of self-care. Eyeing a new gadget for your kitchen? Maybe you just want to feel less burdened by meal prep. This list, of course, can go on and on forever, But think about something that you're kind of dreaming about purchasing these days. Maybe it's a new coat for the coming winter. Maybe it's hiring a landscaper to rework your backyard. Maybe it's a new puppy. Whatever it is you find yourself wanting, ask yourself what you're really trying to accomplish with that purchase, and I'll bet that there's a strong feeling attached to it. Feelings like security, peace, love, joy, comfort, all of the above. Emotions are really powerful guides. And so, as we continue to think about the fact that consumers buy feelings more so than actual products and services, let's focus our energies on how this impacts our studios. I want you to take a moment and think about your students and whoever bankrolls their music education. (laughs) If you want to ensure that they continue coming to your studio, you have to consider the feelings that they are coming away with every week and every month and every year. So with that in mind, let's pretend you're a parent looking for music lessons insert whatever instrument you want in this scenario, but parents in this situation might have a genuine appreciation for the instrument itself and just want their children to learn for the sake of learning, but let's be honest, there's usually something more to it. Maybe parents want music study to help increase their child's confidence. They're looking to buy encouragement from you. Maybe parents know the research and they're looking to provide academic benefits for their children. They're probably looking to purchase competence. (laughs) Maybe they're looking for an activity to help their child build discipline. They're essentially hoping to trade money for focus training. (laughs) The fact of the matter is, there are many, many feelings that parents are looking to buy when they're shopping for a music teacher. They might not even realize it, but they are. Some are looking to buy status, like to keep up with the Joneses, so to say. (laughs) Some are looking to buy redemption for their own childhood. Their parents couldn't afford lessons, so they vowed to make them a reality for their own kids. You know this, we see it all the time, right? Some parents are buying the thrill of possibility. (laughs) They see a glimmer of musical potential in their toddler, because of course they do, and they are committed to nurturing every possible gift that child may have. Some parents are buying connection, They know their child struggles with relationships, and they are investing in a music teacher to help their student learn how to communicate with another adult. That's a great reason, by the way. (laughs) Some parents are buying nostalgia. They loved their own childhood music experience, or at least they love the way they remember their childhood musical experience those two can be very different things, by the way. (laughs) But these parents are often looking for something very specific in their music experience, something that will make them relive their own childhood through the eyes of their offspring. Now, of course, this list of feelings that parents are shopping for in a music teacher, that can go on into infinity. And this is to say nothing about adult students, which is a demographic I love with my whole heart and happens to hit this particular topic on a completely different level of intensity. But I bring this up because I am often surprised by the number of studio teachers I encounter in the real world who seem to think that there is just one path towards learning an instrument those who think music lessons are basically a series of checklists. Do this, check. Do that, check. Now do this, check. And now do that, check. (laughs) You guys, that is never going to bring you wide success in music teacher land. (laughs) People are our business. Human beings. (laughs) Relationships are everything. And at the heart of any successful relationship is how the person you are in a relationship with makes you feel. Okay, I think I've made my point, right? The way I see it, there are basically two different approaches you could take with this information. And by the way, I have a very strong opinion on which one is better. <laughs> but I think there are two options. One, You could consider what emotions are going to have the strongest pull on potential studio families, and then you can market your studio in that direction. I mean, there's a lot of validity to that way of thinking. But (laughs) I feel strongly that our best success in business is going to come when we look inside ourselves and decide what we personally bring to the table. What is your strength in teaching? I recommend spending some good old-fashioned time reflecting today on your life experience, and really ask yourself what feelings you are currently selling in your studio work look back through any like saved conversations with studio parents or cards from students that you've kept over the years or whatever. By the way, if you don't actively keep a file of encouragement for yourself as a teacher, I strongly recommend going way back and listening to episode number 20 of this podcast. It's called Cheers to Preserving Gratitude. I am a big believer in making it easy for us to find encouragement from the past when we really need it. But anyway, reading positive feedback from students and parents can be a great way to identify what it is that you are doing really well. And when you decide what feelings you are good at conjuring up in your students and their families— otherwise known as your studio vibe, please know that I believe there is room for all of us in this profession. Your studio vibe might very well be different from mine, but it doesn't make one of ours any better than the other. There is room in our profession for the exclusive teachers— or the recreational teachers, the the outside-the-box teachers, the neurodivergent teachers, the strict teachers, the playful teachers, the quiet teachers, and the boisterous teachers. (laughs) I mean all of us. We all serve a role in the teaching community. There is a need for all of the different feelings we are selling. But any good marketer is going to tell you that you need to hone in on your vibe. (laughs) This often translates to what they call defining your ideal client. (laughs) This is going to help you frame the kind of content that you are publishing on your website, the style in which you write your emails and your text messages, the photos and the captions that you're sharing on social media, all of it. This is the real reason you need to identify your studio vibe so you can portray your studio appropriately. I've said before on this podcast that once upon a time, I wanted to have a very exclusive studio. I wanted to have exacting standards and high-performing students I wanted clean sweeps in all of the local competitions. In short, I wanted to be known for very high standards and outstanding results. I wanted students and parents to feel part of the elite. I wanted to sell feelings of superior achievements, (laughs) of hard work, and big results. And to be fair, my students do get great results. <laughs> I have had some very high-performing students, and I do seem to be able to inspire students to work to a higher standard. But, I mean, what happened to that teacher who desired to be in this elite status? <laughs> well, she ended up getting caught hook, line, and sinker by a genuine desire to teach everyone music. (laughs) You guys, I believe with all my heart that music study benefits all humanity. I don't want to be choosing students based on whatever potential I assess them to have. Now hear me, those teachers are out there and they are filling their niche really well. But truly, you give me a good-hearted kid or a shy kid, or a kid who has struggled to find understanding in school or social circles. Oh man, I am all about that kid. (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong, because I love me some overachieving students. (laughs) But as I've said here before, I can't help but feel like the transformative power of music is even stronger when it's given to a student who struggles elsewhere in life. So, student families tend to seek me out because they are well aware that I am all about building the student relationship. I am all about investing in these students in a way that allows them to feel confident in their progress on a regular basis, whatever pace that's going to be. I have learned that my place in this life is to be an equal opportunity encourager. (laughs) Whoever you are, whatever you do, (laughs) by golly, I am going to find something in you to celebrate. And you know what? Nothing makes me feel better than doing that very thing. Now, that is my vibe. (laughs) It works for me, it lights me up. When I can end a long day of teaching with full assurance that every student left my studio feeling better about themselves than when they entered, I am happy. (laughs) And trust me, there is a lot of work and education that plays into my ability to do that. It's not all empty praise and participation trophies around here, I promise. I want you this week to find your individual vibe, my friends. What feelings are you selling? What kind of teaching gives you that feeling like, aha, this is why I do what I do. You know by now that the whole purpose of this show is to help you find happiness in this very draining profession that we have chosen. And this is really the secret. Find the kind of teaching you love to do, and do that kind of teaching. (laughs) Now, Might you have to teach some students who don't fit your ideal client mold for a while? (laughs) Of course! But start putting your vibe into your studio marketing and the tides will begin to turn. Do you want those exceptionally high-achieving students? Then you need to highlight those that you have, those that you've worked with in the past, and craft your verbiage accordingly. Do you sell patience? (laughs) Market that. Do you sell outside-the-box creativity? Market that. You get the drift, my friends. This is one of those areas of business where literally a solid 30 minutes of self-reflection and exploration can make a dramatic difference in your studio landscape. So, if you have never thought about your studio vibe before, <laughs> this is your invitation to create one or two words that just sum it all up. If you've already decided on yours, this could be a good time to recommit to those feelings, or maybe even ask yourself if it's time to reevaluate deciding if your vibe is really working for you, or if it's time to switch gears to something else. And now, while I have you contemplating those big ideas, (laughs) I am going to wrap us up with a toast. Music teacher friends from all over the world, today I am here to remind you that there is room in our profession for the exclusive teachers, the teachers with exacting standards and high expectations for parental involvement and practice time. And there is also room for recreational teachers whose standards for those types of things are incredibly minimal. There is room for teachers who do things traditionally and those who don't. None of us are any less educators than the other. And hear me, we don't only have to do one of those things. I love having an extreme combination of different levels of students, but I will tell you this, it's more work, (laughs) like much more work to do it all. For me, the variety is worth the extra work but you might find your story to be quite different. And when all is said and done, I just want to celebrate each and every one of us. Every studio teacher I know makes an impact on their community for the better. Investing in people and in feelings is one of the most selfless ways we can choose to spend our time. And with all of that in mind, this is me saying cheers to you, my highly influential music teacher friends. Here, here. That's a wrap on our encore replay of episode ninety-six. Thank you as always for joining me today and hey, if you are interested in hanging out with other teachers who understand the importance of things like that which we talked about today and who represent a wide variety of studio vibes, I would encourage you to check out my Patreon community. You can learn more about it at ChristinaWhitlock.com slash support. Thanks for joining me on this series of podcast highlights as we wrap up this year. I've gotta tell you, the new episodes coming your way in January are shaping up to be some of my very favorites. I cannot wait to hear what you think. Take care, my treasured studio friends. Onward and upward toward marketing the feelings we are creating in our studio. Let's talk soon.